Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. This is Grilling at the Green After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome to After Hours here on Grilling at the Green. I'm Jeff Tracy along with Gary Van Sickle today. We're talking about Gary's takes on the Masters. How many Masters have you gone to? You know, I think that was my 39th one. I could be off by one, though. I don't think it was 40. Yeah, I think it's 39. Wow, that's great. So we were talking in the regular part of the show, Gary, about some of the people that, well, like, you know, I I like Justin Thomas. Okay. I think he's little, he's wiry. He can hit the snot out of the ball. Um, when he's on, he really seems to be on, but he's just kind of been lurking in the back of the pack lately. And that's one thing. But then you see some of these, other guys that have won majors and won the masters in particular, they don't make the cut. Um, is it, do they, the question is, do they go to play at Augusta just because they're a previous champion or they got invited? And, you know, sometimes they don't look like they're taking it very seriously. They're just playing their two rounds. Maybe they go to the champion's dinner if they're a previous champion at Augusta. But other than that, they really don't seem to get all fired up about it. Well, I, I, some of these guys are, you know, some of the past champions go in there, they know they're overmatched by the golf course. Sure. And they're there to, you know, maybe they can, you know, Fred Couples loves the place. He thinks he can still make the cut. He probably could. Uh, Bernhard Langer, you know, plays great, but I mean, Eventually, the, the older guys slowly turn into. I just remember watching Doug Ford the last couple of years when he played, and you know he was shooting 90, 95, and the guy is hitting his drive into the middle of the up upslope on the hill on the first fairway, and he's hitting a four wood to the first green. And you know he got older, and that's that's what he's got. So because they let these guys play until they're sixty or sixty five, or whenever they want to quit playing. You see some guys, the ego, it's, it's hard to put your ego aside and say, you know what? I can't really compete at all. And maybe I shouldn't even bother. Maybe I should just go to the dinner, play in the par three and hang out and have fun and not, not waste my time trying to compete, you know? And uh, that message doesn't always get through to everybody. I mean, I think Larry Mize actually probably outscored Bryson DeChambeau uh, this year. But, you know, he's I think he said this was probably going to be his last one or maybe next year would be his last one. But, you know, you see Bernhard out there, he's rifling hybrids into the greens and the par four. So 
you just can't you can't keep up when these guys are hitting eight irons and, and you're doing that. Okay, so the big question, or a big question, what about Phil? Do you know if they actually invite told him not to come, or because of everything that's happened this year so far? Uh, I've had several people ask me that, and I said I really don't know. Um, maybe he did it just with some humility and decided not to show up and do that, or. Did the green jackets down there say, why don't you hold off for a while? Well, we only know what, the, what Fred Ridley told us, the tournament chairman, the club chairman. And he said, no, they did not ask Phil to not show up. But Phil called them and said he was not going to show up, you know, due to all these things. He's going to lay low. And they basically said, well, thanks. Thanks for getting us off the hook. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about Phil. I mean, in a nutshell, basically, let's just say Phil was an employee at, say, Pepsi. He got uh, recruited by Coke for another job, and he gets hired by Coke. He's going to go work for Coke for a lot more money. But before he leaves Pepsi, he goes back into the plant and tries to recruit 20 of his pals to go with him to work at Coke. Okay, so he's, is he a disloyal employee, or is that just business? You know, haven't have these companies in the Silicon Valley been doing this for years? This this is just business. So that's now the difference is he said he was quoted this line about the Saudis calling them murderers. And you know, people have been talking about how their money is blood money. Well, I think everybody kind of agrees that true. So is Phil bad guy for taking that? Well, name me a top 50 player in the world who hasn't been over to Saudi Arabia collecting that money in the last five years, they've all gone over to play the Saudi International and they've played Qatar and all those European tour events over there. They've all already gone over and done it. They're all complicit. So why is Phil such a bad guy? You know, I mean, okay, he's a little two-faced, but again, it's business. He got recruited by a different company and tried to take some buddies with him. So it's a little odd that the reaction of Phil has been so bad but um, Phil's, Phil's laying low. I, I, I don't know if we're going to see him try to defend his PGA championship. And on top of that, <clears throat> the other thing he's – the other problem Phil's got is Billy Walters, the longtime right. ga- uh, casino owner, gambler out in Vegas. He was a guy that basically Phil threw him under the bus to get out from under that st- insider stock trading thing. Billy Walters is doing a book that's coming out pretty soon. And I've heard from rumors, and I don't know if it's true, but I've heard that Phil's going to look really bad in this book. And it's, <laughs> not just, it's not just throwing Billy being two-faced. It's doing other stuff. Uh, I won't even say what I've heard he's doing because I don't know that it's true uh, or if it's in the book. But this book might be w- way worse than this current thing we got right now. So maybe that's another reason he's lying low, but uh, I'd be, it's hard to believe he's not going to defend his PGA title. And he and Tiger did file entries for the U S open for whatever that's worth. Okay. So I, you know, if I was managing Phil, I would have had him come back Friday before the masters and Hey, here's what I did. Was it that bad? And I'm sorry if I offended you, blah, blah, blah. And then because Tiger was playing the next week, and blotted out the sun. By the end of Masters Week, nobody would be talking about Phil anymore. Right. Because he hasn't come back yet, 
he's still a story. You know, you could, you know, the news cycle, get your bad news out as fast as you can and let the news cycle pour stuff on top of it until it gets covered up. And this way you're done and Tiger and Scotty Scheffler, all that stuff would have been a pile of dirt over Phil. We wouldn't be talking about him, but now we're still talking about him because we don't know. But yeah, well, I think- there may be more bad news coming on Phil. The one thing I was on a, I was actually a guest on a show the other day and we got to talking about this a little bit. Uh, I've been over there to the kingdom. Um, the, you can't just go into the kingdom you have. And, and I'm talking about Saudi. You, you have to be invited. You can't just show up. Okay. So that's one thing that that a lot of people don't know. So playing over there or in Dubai or Qatar or any of those places, uh, you're not going to get the audiences like we have here. Now, I know they've got some tournaments scheduled here, one up at Pumpkin Ridge, not far from where I live. But the other thing I would warn people about, and this is just me, take it for what it's worth. Saudis have a track record of getting really involved in something because they've got the money to do it. But then after a while, they lose interest in it. Uh, maybe it doesn't perform the way they want. Uh, maybe the price of oil dropped 30 bucks a barrel, whatever it is. They did this with show horses. They've done it with car racing. Now there's always a few holdouts that still participate, but when it becomes a quote unquote thing in the kingdom, they a lot of them jump on the bandwagon and i know this from the horses because they built some very elaborate horse farms um you know you're talking millions to build these places you could go over there now and a lot of them would be empty they're just sitting there so my warning to people that are thinking about doing that and maybe jeopardizing in some form or fashion your tour career over here is are you willing to risk that for maybe an extra million because you guys make a lot of money anyway are you are you willing to risk that and then two years down the road they say you know what we're not going to do this anymore and then you're kind of screwed i think well i i think the kind of money they're throwing around right now is the kind of money that you're set after two years you're set for life kind of money well that's true yeah i mean jason kokrak's looking at something like I don't know. He might be, we don't even know what they're getting, but the purses, you know, last place might be 48 guys. Last place might be 150 grand every time. And plus you're, if you become a member of this league, you're going to get a percentage of the ownership and somebody like Phil or DeChambeau. I mean, reportedly DeChambeau was offered a hundred million dollars. That's a lot of money to ignore, no matter how rich you are. And, uh, I think a lot of guys were ready to go. They just didn't want to be the first ones. And now you've seen it. You've already heard uh, Westwood and Kevin Nod, a couple other guys. Poulter, I think. That they're in because uh, it's great for the over 40 crowd because they probably aren't going to be as competitive anymore. But you're talking about anywhere from 10 to $30 million in a couple of years. You can't touch that anywhere. I mean, and even if you don't need that money, it's hard to say no. I mean, it's hard to put yourself in that position where you go, oh, $10 million, what do I need? Well, you know, it's $10 million from Saudi Arabia. What do you actually wind up with after taxes? I don't, I don't know, but 
it's 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 a lot less than that but still it this is way bigger money for a lot less effort uh than what the pga tour has and it's you know they just need to start playing and as soon as they start handing out some of these big checks to guys who maybe aren't top players in the world dustin johnson and billy horschel and some of these guys their heads are going to swivel like hey wait a minute i can beat that guy what's he doing getting 10 million dollars right so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out but Greg Norman is not impressing me with his leadership whatsoever on this deal. So we'll see. He's been pretty well um, run through the meat grinder. Uh, I would say deservedly so on some things, but uh, from the things I've read and I'll give you an example. They have, they have pumpkin Hill uh, pumpkin Ridge scheduled for a tournament, but they've not announced yet. Um, who the tournament director is, who's going to run it, a lot of different particulars. But on the flip side of that, they're making some changes at Pumpkin Ridge. And I'm pretty certain, and I could be wrong, that it's Saudi money that's paying for those changes. You know, widening, shortening, lengthening, whatever they're doing to some of those holes. And the other thing is, is they're talking about playing a certain number of holes on the private course. And then on, on there's ghost and witch, and then they're going to play, you know, the rest of the 18 on the other course, which is a little weird too, but they're, that's just what they're planning on doing. So, and to make that happen, you've got to make, some physical changes to, you know, to get from one side to the other, so to speak, let alone the changes on the holes. So, and I think the Saudi money is paying for that. So, you know, who knows really, we'll just have to kind of write it out and see, I think to, to what happens, but. um, Doesn't seem like Greg Norman is a details guy. And maybe that's one of the problems with this whole affair. If they, if he would have come out right away and said, Here's the sites, here's the dates, here's the here's the purses, and had details. I think it would have gone over better than this vague, oh, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. Now he's talking, oh, we might invite some amateurs, want to grow the game. It's like amateurs, what is that? That has yeah. nothing to do with what you're trying to do with this. I mean, it's it's like I don't think it, you know, it makes it sound like you don't know what you're doing. And maybe that's the case. And I'm not sure how well, you know, we all think Greg Norman's got this big business empire that he's created. Uh, maybe that empire's not as great as we thought it when he was in the wine business. Well, everybody's in the wine business. Yeah. And how many people are making a lot of money in the wine business? Uh, his his clothing line is, you know, you, you find those in the outlet malls. Um, I don't know what else he's got, but maybe he's not as sharp a businessman as maybe we thought five years ago. I don't well, know. I mean, I'm just, yeah, I'm just hypothesizing here, but. If you look at, you start thinking about it, it's like, yeah, what's he really done that's been so great? He invested in Cobra when in, in, uh, oh, Tom, what's his name, made it into a powerhouse. And then, he, then Norman and him got out and made a lot of money. But other than that, what has he done that's been so brilliant? I'm, I'm not sure I know. Well, I will tell you this, and this is just a personal observation, but. A guy in his 50s standing naked in a crick, kind of hosing himself off, and then you publish that picture. Um, I'm not sure anybody wants to see that. 
So that's kind of a <laughs> personal observation, but it was like when you said you're not impressed, I would say there's a prime example right there. Well, I, I think he does like himself. He, doesn't he have a statue of a bare chested statue of himself in his backyard? Supposedly, so yeah. He's got that. He's always got, he'll always have that. Well, that's, yeah, but Putin does that too. So, I mean, you know, throw that in the mix there anyway. Um, yeah, there's some similarities there. <laughs> there are Gary what um if you step back and look what uh, two things what was your greatest at the masters this year what was the thing that impressed you the most and it doesn't even have to be about a particular golfer and then what was your biggest disappointment you know i've been uh, people have joked about this and you know, CBS got caught piping in the wrong kind of bird music at the Masters. They pipe in the bird chirping every year. And it's ridiculous. I've been to 39 Masters. I don't ever remember seeing a bird on the golf course. So on, su on Sunday's final round, Scheffler tees off on one. I follow up the left side. He's in the just in the pine straw, I think, on the left side of the first fairway. And I'm over there under uh, one of the tea olive trees. I just happen to look up and this little tiny bird hops across a branch, you know, like a sparrow or something. I don't know. And I thought, well, I'll be damned. <laughs> I, I just saw a bird here. There, there, there is at least one bird in Augusta. Now, so, I mean, I don't know how they do it. Because, look, with all, you know how it is with people and concessions and dropping food birds are always swarming around swooping in right picking up crumbs you don't see that at augusta you just don't see birds now how would you keep birds out of an air of a 500 acre area with tree how, what would you do to, to keep them out i mean it's almost like you'd have to have sonic waves or some really incredible kind of thing i mean i don't know but I've never seen a bird, but I saw Sunday afternoon, Scotty Scheffler, last group, first hole. I looked up in the tree. And there's a bird. There's a bird. So that chirping is still fake, but they've at least got it down to the authentic birds that are uh, supposed to be there. That's how they got caught. Some bird expert heard a bird. It's like, well, that bird would never be in Georgia. And they, they admitted they pipe it in. So I saw a bird. That was a big day. Uh, I'd almost say the biggest disappointment was that I learned there were birds and I was wrong. <laughs> but, uh, that would be, you know, that'd be a little too self-serving. You know, um, I thought Tiger, I don't want to, I hate to say Tiger was disappointing, but I think, I, th I think he'd say he was disappointed if he was truthful. I think he thought he was going to do better, but it was still pretty amazing. See, you know, maybe the biggest disappointment was that, uh, you know, that, that Phil didn't show up and explain himself. That would have been a good thing to do. Sure. Or show up or do it beforehand. Uh, I can't think of too much that happened there that was, that was disappointing. I mean, it's, it was a great, uh, a lot of guys played well. McElroy had a great week. Um, I, I can't really point to anything. I would say the, the weather was still disappointing. I'll say that it was kind of crummy, but yeah, that's kind of it's April. It happens. Have you ever in 39 years or 39 plus years seen a weed 
on Augusta National? No, you really don't. It is, I mean, that's the most amazing thing about it. It's like nowhere else. And honest, you see some of these old films of the early 60s and 50s, and you see the bunkers, and they're kind of raggedy around the edges, and there's grass. It's kind of mangy looking. I can't. I actually kind of like that look. Now everything is so perfect, it looks fake. Now it looks like a damn video game, yeah. honestly. And uh, the, I did like the fact that because of the, it rained, it got so much rain on Tuesday and Wednesday, that Ray's Creek was brown. They There wasn't enough blue dye in the world they could throw in there <laughs> to fix that. So you saw that brownish-orange color of the creeks in Georgia, reddish-brown. Yeah. The way it's supposed to be, but they always throw the dye in there to make it look blue, and it's just appalling. So uh, yeah, it's uh, – you know, I have a theory about why they don't let any, let anybody take cameras on the golf course or take, let the media go on the course with their cell phones. I think part of it is we'd be taking pictures of, like, the lines to the bathroom or the lines for the concession stand or the, the behind-the-scenes things that you can't see that TV would never show. Like, for example, I was coming back, uh, walking back to the clubhouse, I think there's a restroom uh, uh, somewhere around the 15th tee, either before or past it. Just think it's before, I mean, down the hill farther. Anyways, they have a guy there. He, he's not in a caddy jumpsuit, but he's got some kind of hat and something on. He's holding this big uh, uh, sign. He's holding a big rod, and there's a sign that it said, Gentleman's Restroom. He is the end of the line. So he stands there and keeps adjusting so people know where to stand because, you know, you walk up and people don't know where the line is. They just start walking down there and they realize, oh, the line's back back, back there. Yeah, There's yeah. a guy there holding a sign. His job is to keep track of the end of the line. Uh, Never so seen that before. Line. Yeah. But you're not, you don't see it. You don't, TV doesn't show that. So I think if they let the media out there with, cell phones so they could theoretically report back and write notes what the media would really wind up doing would be taking these pictures of the underbelly of augusta and that would ruin the aura the myth you know uh they want it to be disneyland disneyland for golf fans they, they just want you to see all the the jim nance aura the oh the twinkling the sparkling sunset all, all that stuff all the stuff they feed you—that's what they want you to believe. It's 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 Oz. It's the it's the magical road to Oz. What do they do about John Daly walking around with the Hooters checks across the street? Well, John's a few blocks down the street, so uh, he's okay. He stays in his parking lot. He's his big his big trailers there. Uh, I can't imagine how much merchandise he's. He must make a lot of money because he comes back every year. Or he I, really likes the food at Hooters. I don't know. I saw a picture of his son on uh, yesterday or the day before on Twitter. And his son was with, and his son's a pretty dang good golfer. But he is there with two girls from Hooters. And all I could, I wrote back, I couldn't help myself. I just said, it's a family thing, you know, like that. And uh, Hooters, take your whole family. Take your whole family. Yeah, I think John and his son, I think John and John Jr. signed, uh, 
got some kind of endorsement deal together with somebody and that's why they took a picture. But there you go. You know, yeah. Hey, we're all jealous. I'd like to be endorsed by somebody. Somebody throw some money at me. Sure. I'm, I'm up for that. There you go. Would I represent Hooters? Probably. Yeah. If the money was right, you know, if, if the money was right, you'll, you'll have to negotiate that for me, Jeff. I will. I will. And then we will, I'll come over and help you repaint your basement one more time. Cause you'll probably be living down there. If I get you a Hooters deal. That'd be excellent. And yeah. I'd probably repaint it orange. <laughs> for the sponsor, you know, I there you get go. An orange car. That might be part of the deal. You got to drive, wear orange hats and drive an orange car. Yeah. Something like that. Gary Van Sickle, Sports Illustrated, Morning Read, Devil May Care, Flying Fool, expert on the Masters. Thank you, as always. We'll be talking to you again after. Why don't we talk after the Open? Yeah. See what, yeah. See how our. Hopefully, my voice will return by then and I won't sound like an old codger. Yeah. You sound great. Uh, Gary, thank you, folks. We'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours. Uh, go out there, have some fun. Don't forget about the Refit Tournament coming up and check them out online at uh, refitportland.org and sign up. I'm going to be there. So we'll see you then. Take care. <laughs>